Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel, and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., and your host for today's show. Today, we're so excited to have with us Beth Weisenreiter Benes, the Executive Vice President of Weiss Aug. Weiss Aug is a company that provides custom insert molding, precision metal stamping, and assembly solutions to the automotive, medical, electronic, and semiconductor industries for over 45 years. And they have six different locations. Beth has over 15 years in the metal forming industry. Weissog has experienced substantial growth over the last decade, with Beth leading and launching plants in both Mexico and locally for a new division focused on surgical devices. Beth is very passionate about promoting women in manufacturing. In 2017, she was named to Metal Forming Magazine's Women of Excellence in Metal Forming and Fabricating. Beth, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Fran. I really appreciate it. We're delighted to have you. Listen, I know there's a bunch of stuff that you want to cover, particularly surrounding manufacturing education and apprenticeship. But before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit about Weissog, its history, and your role in the company? Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, like many companies in the U.S., Weissog was founded practically in a garage in 1972 by my father, Dieter Weissenreeder, and his partner, Kurt Augustine. That's where the Weiss and the Aug name comes from. My father is a toolmaker by trade. He emigrated from Germany in the late 60s, came to work for an uncle in a related business, and set off on his own with his partner to start the company. He had just three employees at the time. We just retired one of the first employees who was with us for 50 years and just finished his career as our apprenticeship manager, training the next generation of our technical talent here at Weissog. And as you mentioned, Weissog has experienced a lot of growth. So in 2014, we added our tooling location in Pennsylvania as well as our larger stamping division in Chicago. And as you mentioned, in 2017, we opened our Mexico location as well as our surgical products location. So altogether, we have over 260,000 square feet of manufacturing space, and we're producing over 10 billion products on an annual basis with industry best-in-class PPM ratings of less than five on average. Um, Our company is built on a basis of quality, advanced product, and manufacturing excellence. We're committed to providing the best solutions, both from a development and manufacturing side. And that's part of what really is important to our customers and sets us apart from our competition. We are consistently focusing on quality from the beginning because you can't inspect quality into a product. It has to have a robust Mm -hmm. design. And that's really where we partner with our customers to do that. 
then the next step is collaboration with them to ensure that that optimal design is scalable, ensuring that our processes are capable for the high volumes of parts that we produce. And then we continue to create value through operational excellence as well. All of the parts we manufacture, whether they're underneath the hood of a car or you know, on an operating table, they're all critical parts to that medical device or to the functioning of an important system in your car. So quality is of utmost importance. And you know what? I've never heard someone say you can't inspect quality into a design. That what a great, and that's most companies do that by reverse. They're trying to inspect to make sure they haven't screwed up where your philosophy is opposite of that. Yes, because there's always going to be room for error when you're inspecting. Uh, Our goal is that make it right and then inspection just becomes, you know, belt and suspenders. Sure. And so I just want to point out that as a contract manufacturer, we're critical to our customers. And just most recently, we've been awarded by a few key customers some some major recognitions, two of which I'll share. Medtronic, which is about, I think, the largest medical device company, we were awarded a supplier excellence award from them in both 2017 and 2018. And those awards, they're given out to 12 of the top 100 suppliers of a supply base of 60,000. And the White Hawk Group was the only one to win two years in a row. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, we have such a great team here that's responsible for that excellence day in and day out. And we really push that by our saying and and our culture as a company by saying quality begins with me. That is our Mm -hmm. mantra. I noticed right before we jumped on the call, I went onto your website and realized that you all have a new news post to dated today, which is quite interesting. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Die Masters? Sure. So we acquired a majority interest in Die Masters. They're located in right outside of Chicago in Elk Grove. Mm-hmm. And they're a great company. They do larger parts. If you own a snow blower or a, a lawnmower that has certain parts in it, most likely has a die master part in it. And they're very similar company in, in terms of culture of quality. And so this year we've acquired them fully so that we can invest in developing the next level of, of manufacturing there. We just put on order a 350-ton Minster press as as well as a new 200-ton press. So our plan with them is to upgrade the technology, and we're also looking at servicing some newer customers together that have that high level of quality requirements that requires an investment in new technology and, of course, people. So we're very excited about their growth. (laughs) Wonderful. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your role is at Weissog? Sure. So after college, 
I wasn't sure about what my path was going to be. I always liked business. I had exposure to working at Weissog when I was in high school and pretty much every area, but it wasn't always that, you know, my dad said, you're going to work at the company or, you know, you have to. In fact, it was, you're not allowed to. If you decide you want to come back, you have to go out, you have to get a job, you have to learn what it's like to work somewhere else. And then if it makes sense, you can come back. So the job that I picked out of college was for another manufacturer, but a much different type of company. And it just sort of happened that I wound up there. I wasn't even necessarily looking to stay in the industry. I like the idea of being involved in something where you can see something start as an idea. And then a year or a couple years later, it's you know, out there in the marketplace. And that's what I really love about manufacturing and why I wanted to come back to Weissog. So I came back to Weissog a couple years after working elsewhere. And I came back into the, the sales and marketing environment and pretty much just rebranding the company, trying to target new industries. And, you know, in a small company, you wear a lot of hats. And I was just sure. like a bull in a china shop, what my dad would say. <laughs> so I, I was always quick to raise my hand to tackle new projects. So I became involved in growing the, the medical side of our business and working with some of our customers on that growth and some internal people. And we were able to bring that side of the business into its own division, which is the, the surgical products today, which is even evolving even more as the company is becoming involved in other life science areas, such as, you know, pharmaceutical devices and combination devices. So it's even mm-hmm. changing today. And it's great to see the growth there. As a result of that growth, some of our customers have local locations in Mexico that they needed local service and support and manufacturing services for. So Mexico, you know, is is a part of our overall ability to service our customers. A lot of people were nervous when we said that we were launching our Mexico location at our New Jersey location because they were concerned that we were going to move jobs. And we were very clear then, and it's even more evident now, that that location was to service locally and to provide additional services for our global customers. And as a result of developing that location, we've been able to grow so much so that we're going to be groundbreaking in a new plant in New Jersey the later part of this year. Wow, wonderful. Now, I want to move on if you don't mind. Of course. Weissog is known for its apprenticeship program, and you're, you've been very much a proponent of manufacturing education. So this is a subject, the skills gap is a subject that every manufacturer in the United States practically faces. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about how Weissog is addressing this and how you personally have been involved in some key efforts within our state to address this issue. Yes, this issue is very, very close to my heart, and it's something that everyone is talking about from new political candidates that we're seeing to, of course, it's always the conversation within the industry. 
our company has had an apprenticeship program for pretty much the history of, of the company since the late 70s. We've worked closely with the U.S. Department of Labor since the late 70s to develop our registered apprenticeship program, which follows a nationally recognized curriculum. And the gentleman that I spoke about before who just retired, he has led the charge on that most recently. Paul was an apprentice in 1962 where he acquired the skills that allowed him to thrive in this career and has been with Weissog for a majority of his professional career. And he's just one of those unique individuals that has the humility to step back and praise the company, not just for his accomplishments, but he's just He's been a great asset and he'll be missed, but he really led the charge with the U.S. Department of Labor and has spoken at events trying to encourage other New Jersey companies as well as other companies nationally to invest in apprenticeship. One of the biggest reasons I think that companies don't want to invest in an, an apprenticeship program, and it is an investment, because for the first couple of years, you're not going to get a return on your investment. It's sure. strictly educational is that they're concerned that, well, if I train them, what, what happens when my competition steals them? And that's mm-hmm. a terrible way to look about, you know, to look at things. Because if every company had an apprenticeship program, that would just mean that there were more individuals out there. And if you have a good culture and if you treat your people right, then they're going to want to stay. So if, if right. you're only concerned for not doing it is because you don't want them to leave, then you should be looking at internally why maybe somebody wants to leave your organization. Mm. Apprenticeship is important, but we're not only seeing a skills gap in the trades, but we're seeing it also at the engineering level as well. So WISOG also works with high schools, with our community colleges, and then with our universities on giving tours. We're constantly giving tours to young people to expose them to what a modern factory looks like. And it's funny because you always talk to these young people and they're expecting to see, you know, something from the 1920s with smokestacks and dirty floors. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always great to be able to challenge that mindset and, and change their point of view and, you know, look around at all the young people we have and showing them that, hey, this could be a great future for me. The other area that I work personally in is I'm currently a member of the Board of Visitors for the Newark College of Engineering at New Jersey Institute of Technology. And I've been involved in the launch of their makerspace program, where they actually installed a a makerspace within the past two years that has a lot of precision CNC equipment, as well as, you know, 3D printing, conventional wire, conventional EDM, just to give students a chance to have some hands-on experience, which is critical to when they, you know, exit their college and, and they come to join the workforce. So that's been really exciting, and I definitely push for those in leadership companies in manufacturing, go out, get involved, you know, go to your high school, Find out who the guidance counselor is. Get them in your company so that they can talk with parents about a career in manufacturing. Get involved in your local college. Go to the career fairs. Do co-ops. Have interns. As companies in manufacturing, we have to be the advocates for bringing young people, especially women. So 
just I have some statistics in front of me from our NJIT enrollment uh, for spring 2020. So what's wonderful is in biomedical engineering, the female population is at 51%. So there's definitely been some major growth in women in engineering careers, but where I'm still looking to see more growth would be in the disciplines of mechanical engineering, which is at about nine and a half percent and industrial engineering, which is at 32%. Electrical engineering is about nine and a half percent as well. And NJIT is pretty much on par with a lot of the other top 100 universities, which NJIT proudly has been on since I think 2019 is when they broke the, the top 100 universities. So, mm. You know what I find so interesting? In addition to having a state-approved apprenticeship program, you're talking about manufacturers taking action beyond that and walking into a local high school or a college and talking to the guidance counselors, really more of a grassroots effort. Traveling around the country, as I do, selling manufacturing companies, this is a a national problem. And the mindset of most manufacturers is to sit back and wait for the government to do something about it. And, you know, Weissog, you're a wonderful example of what a really grassroots effort and direct action, what it can do for education and for a community. I, I just think it's absolutely fabulous. You had mentioned we, some, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying thank you. And I do want to just point one thing out that we're very proud of is we just recently graduated a female apprentice. So we have a young lady who is now working in our precision CNC machining group, and she's fantastic. So, you know, women can do anything. They can go to apprentices or, you know, mechanical engineering. So I just want to make sure I put that out there for the audience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You had mentioned something when we spoke last about Tooling You. Yes. Speak to that a little bit. We use Tooling You, and, you know, there's other online you know, resources that you can use as well. But Tooling You gives some of the basics of like GD&T and, you know, other curriculum that we use in combination with the hands-on learning. So an apprentice will typically spend more time. And Tooling You is, you can go to the website, in partnership with SME. And, you know, you can have a program that's set up and tailored to your industry. Okay. Before you spoke about some of the reasons why manufacturers don't invest in apprenticeship programs and the fear of investing in someone and then they leave, which I think is a valid concern, but point taken about if everyone was doing it or if you had a culture where people didn't want to leave, you know, that makes a difference. Talk to us a little bit about Weissog's approach to culture. Sure. So, you know, although Weissog has experienced a lot of growth over the past couple of years, we still consider ourselves a family company. We have open door policy at our top leadership levels and encourage all managers to always have an open door policy as well so that if anybody, you know, needs to spend time with me, I will always sit and listen to a team member, which is what we call our employees. 
The other thing that we do is we really try to be very open with our team members about the state of our business, what's happening in our business. So we share detailed financials with everybody through town halls, which we have a couple times a year. So we feel that through transparency, treating everybody as individuals and, you know, providing an environment where we encourage growth and we encourage promotions. We also offer some funding if they want to pursue training and higher education. We encourage a lot of our apprenticeship team members to also go for their engineering degree and and WISOG will fund a portion of that. So Mm -hmm. we feel like in our culture, we value our people as individuals, as contributors, and we've demonstrated that, you know, if you're willing, if you're able And if you give it your best, we will promote you and, you know, you will make it to important role in our company. Mm. You guys also do a number of things giving back to the community. I know that you all have a blood drive there. You have in the past been involved in a cancer walk. Can you speak to some of those types of things that you all are doing? You know, those events, they can sometimes be suggested by our team members. Like we had one team member whose son was serving overseas. So one year we did care packages to his, you know, whatever his his group was. I don't know what the, the right term for that is. And then we always do Toys for Tots every year. We also do a food drive for canned foods around Thanksgiving. It's just the idea of giving back to the local community. And we also have some survivors from cancer. So that's where the the cancer walk came from. And as a company, in uh, you have a population and it's important to, to use that to, to give back to the community. Yep, absolutely agreed. There's one other topic that I want to make sure that we cover because I think it would be of interest to our audience. And that is, in addition to all your work at Weissog, you're a mom of three. How old are your kids, Beth? I have a 16-month-old, almost 7-year-old, and an 11-year-old, and that's girl, boy, girl. Wow. My hands are full, and although I might appear like I have it together, I most definitely do not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. When we spoke last, you talked about your youngest was, I think you said, like six weeks old, and you had to go to a to a meeting in the Midwest or something. Talk to us about yeah, that. It, people will get was, a kick out of that. It was actually for the supplier conference that I mentioned before where we won an award that I had to go to. So she was. She was about six weeks at, at the time. There wasn't anybody else from the company that could go, and it's one of our largest customers. So, of course, you know, I wanted to be there. And it was just funny because I was nursing and running back and forth between, you know, sitting in the meetings. And I'm fortunate in that I could bring her and my babysitter. So they were hanging out in the lobby. So I was running back and forth to, you know, nurse, you know, trying to take off my my business goals and finding a place to do it. So it was It was interesting. And one time I was doing it and we were on a break. So a few key people from my customer got to meet my six week old, which was kind of interesting. (laughs) Oh, that's great. um, (laughs) The white dog team mascot. (laughs) Yeah, but it's hard. I would say every day it's hard. Um, 
and you, anybody how else. How do you deal with the work-life balance issue? I'm coping. Like I said, I don't think anybody has a magic bullet to answer yeah. that question. I think it's it's hard. I try to have, when I'm with my kids, I try to focus on them. I try to put my phone down. We have family dinners every evening. I try to, you know, spend time doing homework. I'm also class mom every year um, oh to be involved. We just had the Valentine's Day party. You know, I try to be involved as much as I can and give them my full attention as much as I can. But I'm not going to lie to you. There's been times where I'll be working at home and my son will come push the, the button on my computer and say, Mom, you're working too much. Or my daughter will Aww. say, come on, Mom, get off the phone. Like, so, Aww. you know, all I can say is I'm doing my best. And any mom who's out there, as long as you're doing your best, your kids know you love you and know you're doing a good job. But yeah. it's hard for everybody. I don't think anybody's really, you know, excelling. Nobody has it all together. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, nobody does. All you can do is the best you can. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's I'm sure women in the audience love to hear that because I think at, at some point we all feel like we're not doing the work thing good. We're not doing the mom thing good. And all you can yeah. do is the best you can, right? That's I appreciate and, you, you know. sharing, so, you know, details like that for the sure. women in the audience that are struggling with that. So what's next for you? Well, we're very excited about this new plant that we're going to have in New Jersey. And I'm also working on one or two other deals that I can't give details about yet, but we should be adding another location somewhere in the Midwest sometime within the next couple months or two. So, wow, congratulations. Is, thank you. Wysog yeah. is busy growing. We're hiring. We have lots of openings for a lot of different positions. So for anybody who's listening, Wysog is always looking to hire talented women in all areas. And if someone is interested in, in employment at Wysog, what should they do best? They can look at our website. There is a link that lists all of the opportunities that are out there. So please take a look at our website. Everything should be there. Or you can email me. <laughs> okay. And if they wanted to email you, give your email address. Sure. My email address is E as in Elizabeth. And then my last name, it's not the whole thing. It's my married name, Bennis. So E-B-E-N-N-I-S at weiss-og.com. Mm -hmm. And weissaug.com is where I think you have a link on here. I'm looking for it, careers. So under the contact tab, if folks go to careers, yeah. there's a way to learn. Yep. Okay. That's wonderful. Well, we so very much appreciate you taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to share with us and share with us such personal details and the struggles that you faced. Thank you for all you're doing for manufacturing education in New Jersey, and I really wish that more manufacturers that I visit with and speak to were doing what Weissog is doing. It's You guys really need to be commended for this. So very okay. appreciate what you're doing. Great. Fran, thank you. I just wanted to ask you quickly, are you going to be attending the MassMedic Women in MedTech and Networking Leadership Forum next week? Next week, I have an entire week in North Carolina visiting oh. with buyer-seller meetings. I will oh, certainly bad. look at that next year. Yeah, Mass Medic puts on a few great events. So if anybody is going to be at the event, I look forward to seeing you there. 
Yeah. Where can they learn more about that? On MassMedic.com. So, again, the event is MassMedic Women in MedTech Networking and Leadership Forum 2020. It's going to be next Tuesday, February 25th in Boston. Should be a great Mm -hmm. event with a lot of great women in our industry. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.